Hello and welcome to the Pixel Refresh Podcast. I'm your co-host, Marco Rodriguez, and today I'm joined by none other than the best person in the goddamn world, Mario Amaral. What's going on, my friend? Yes, you're welcome. My presence is here today, people. You're welcome. You're welcome. Please stop bowing. Just get up. I don't want anyone to hurt their knees. Yes, yes, I will kiss the baby. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, Yes, happy to be here. Happy to be here. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. How are things, my friend? They're good. They're good, man. You know, just uh, another day in paradise. Actually had Saturday off this week. We are recording this on Saturday. Yeah. This is not a normal thing. I think I think it's kind of getting to me a little bit because I'm, I have that mojo that just tells me you should be at work. You should be making money. You should be doing something, and I feel like I'm wasting my day, even though I'm loving it. You know, played some Crackdown 3. Dang. Uh, you know, watched some Netflix, sat around and did nothing. It's just, it just feels wonderful, but at the same time, there's this little sound in the back of my head just, you should be at work. Do you have to work tomorrow? I do not work tomorrow. Oh, two days off. Yeah, so I basically took this Saturday off. As you know, because I had a furniture repair yes, man coming in to get some some furniture repaired through warranty. Okay, always fun, always fun. And um, I basically went to work on Family Day last week here in Canada. We had Family Day in Ontario and other provinces where it was a paid holiday. But I did not stay home that holiday. I literally went to work that Monday, but it gave me the opportunity to make up the money i was losing today so i didn't actually lose any money but for some reason i still feel super guilty don't know why it's in the mojo the mojo's like you got to get up and it does it does you're just so used to it now that i think i think i am yeah you know like it's like it's like when you go to school right and then when you're finally graduated you're like oh what am i gonna do with my life like I'm so used to that day in, day out, like, you know, 8.30 to 2.30 kind of thing that now that I don't have to do that, it's kind of weird. You know what I mean? And, yeah. I th- and for you, it's probably just hits harder because you're used to working like six days of the week. So your one day is barely a break, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And no, it, it, like I said, it does feel great to just sleep in and, and not have to get up at 5 a.m. and you know, it, it, it's awesome, but at the same time, it's, like, not normal. I've been doing it for the last few months. That just does not feel, you know, like your uh, routine. It's like your routine's messed up, even though in a good way. Yeah. What about what about you, man? What's 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 popping? What's fresh? Not much, my dude. I've just been playing uh, a bit of Anthem, I guess. Most of, you know, and then work is work, so it's it's all the same. Um yeah, it's, it's just uh, playing a lot of Anthem, a lot of Clash Royale. It's kind of my, my two things right now. Um, uh, work has been interesting, I would say. It's been interesting because a lot of uh, layoffs have been happening, I guess. I really? call them layoffs, yeah. So they, they let go, I, I'm going to call it a layoff, but they let go the president of my company as well as the chief technology officer. Um, and so there's a bunch of like, uh, there's a bit of unrest, I would say like there's, um, that's a, that's a big let go. That's a yeah, big let go. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a <laughs> lot of changes that are, you know, happening at the company, I guess. 
Um, and those are, you know, causing either people to be, you know, weary a bit, even though, you know, they're being told otherwise. And then there are some people who are just straight up leaving because they, you know, they either want to move on or they don't feel like they have job security. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just been, uh, it's been an interesting, I guess, two weeks at, uh, at my company. Wow. Um, and has this affected you in any way? I yeah, like yeah no I I mean it uh it's opened my eyes to things but like um it definitely hasn't really affected me all that much at least not yet um I I'm assuming changes will continue to happen in the coming weeks and months so who knows who knows what will happen right so I actually think uh you know talking about changes in the workplace I think within the next year, so um, twenty twenty, there should be like some big changes even at my job, just because uh, at this moment they're like, uh, from what I understand, anyways, there are four um, or three owners that own this company that actually sold it to, uh, you know, uh, Cascades, which is which is in Quebec or Montreal. Okay, and. Yeah. Uh, they 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 own it but they haven't fully taken it over i think they had like a contract where they these these owners or these people would stay on uh, for four years or something like that and i know that's coming to this is the last year yeah it's like so a after transition that, period right kind of thing. yeah so there might be big changes happening after that you know with like good changes and possibly bad changes i don't know hoping good changes right hoping like better oh, benefits yeah, and and stuff like that right like especially because you're being taken over by uh you know such a massive company that probably will now unite any anything they have with their other companies right uh so uh we'll see we'll see so um yeah i, I totally feel you see i'm kind of in that in that stage where it's like i'm kind of afraid what might happen and and kind of excited what might happen at the same time yeah, I think I mean, one of my I would say like when you get to that point you just got to take it, you know, day by day, you know. Yeah. And if if you do feel like insecure about about your position or about the hours that you're getting, I mean in your case you have to worry about hours. Um like you just, you know, you already start you you, you open your doors to more options, you know, is the yeah. best way to put it. You know, like don't don't feel like you you need to stay there and be comfortable even though things are not, you know, good for you, you know. So. No, and I think I think that's one of the reasons I've actually pushed really hard on doing every single weekend for, you know, overtime is because if that's something they they remove in the future, maybe even stagger, uh, staggering uh, shifts, right, where people will just be normally working a yeah. weekend and not getting paid overtime. At least I've taken the opportunity and 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 gotten as much as I can. You know, before yeah, that happens, yeah, hell yeah, then, hell yeah, I then, would say, and and you know, yeah. like that that extra day has helped you save a bunch of money. So like, right, it's been quite the utility for you and your wife, you know, to to save more money while you know, um, building this life of yours. You know, you have the house, you guys have the cars, all that stuff. So it's always nice to have a little bit of an right. emergency fund just in case and all that stuff. So. And I think the plan from the beginning when I started doing every single weekend, because I've always promised myself uh, after working in a job that was seven days a week, you know, um, 365 days a year and to have some time off was like the biggest deal working in the in the hotel industry. Yeah. I'm telling you right now that um, 
it wasn't the plan to stick with it anyways. It was like, let's do this for a year or two. You know what I mean? And just save up some money and then I don't want to do it anymore or not do it as often. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, and that's, I think, I think for the better of your own, you know, sanity, uh, you know, and and your physical health. I mean, you have pretty, you have a pretty demanding job physically, right? So um, you want to, you want to like uh, weigh out the pros and cons over time, right? So. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, I guess we're both going through changes when it comes to that. Hell yeah. Side of life. But, you know. Hopefully so, offer the best. Hopefully offer the best. Yeah, yeah. Straight up. I totally agree. Um, so um, with that aside, um, the other parts of our personal lives that we have dived deep into most of the time on this podcast is the media or entertainment we have been consuming lately. And um, I um, I know I let you know this, but I went to go see Alita Battle Angel in 4DX. And that is an incredible movie. Uh, I I thought so. It just looks amazing. I mean, it's just the trailer, but it's my type of movie, one hundred percent. Yeah, it, it's it's a movie. So the movie, if I'm right, is directed by James Cameron, um, who does Avatar. He did uh, Terminator and all them. Um, and it's just a great movie that does an amazing amount of world building. You, by the time the movie ends, you are so invested on this world and curious about the world that this movie takes place in that, uh, you fall in love, to be honest, the characters, the, the action sequences, like how badass like Alita is herself. Uh, and like, you know, essentially if I can distill the plot line without ruining anything for anybody is that the movie follows a doctor. His name is Dr. Ito. He, uh, has been trying to create, um, the best, um, cyborg, right? So they live in a world where people have like cybernetic arms or entire cybernetic bodies and he's been trying to create the best one. You find out that he's trying to do this because he he, he misses his now dead daughter. Um, and so he's very protective of Alita, who he creates. Um, subplot to this is Alita came from somewhere. He found her core in the junkyard. And so now that she is back to life, she kind of doesn't know who she is or where she came from. And it turns out her background is a pretty badass background. And so um, she goes on this quest to say to figure out who she is, if if I could put it plainly. Uh, and, and again, like this movie is just incredible. I mean, the plot line that I just laid out sounds very basic, but it doesn't cover even things like they have this fictional, um, I would say it's like a, a sport of sorts is called motorball and basically uh it's there's a ball on a driving court and basically if you want to think of it as uh every player starts at a starting line and they're racing around this track and they're supposed to pick up the ball and they're supposed to make their way around the track and then dunk it in like a, a basket kind of thing okay um but because they're all cyborgs it's like fucking battle bots, 
You know, right. like everyone's trying to stop someone from getting the ball, and that goes as far as even destroying their body on the field. Like they will destroy another Jesus. bot just to get the ball, right? So it's it's a really, really cool, really cool world that they build. And I would recommend this movie to anybody who loves these like over-the-top anime-style uh, action sci-fi flicks that do an amazing job at like world building. Um, and on top of it, if you have the opportunity to watch it in 4DX, do it. It's act. That's it's, what I was going to ask you. How was the 4DX experience? The, the 4DX was incredible. Like uh, just like it reminded me of, uh, so I've watched three movies in 4DX, I think. So I forget what the middle movie was, but the, I know the first movie was with you. It was um, ghost in the shell. That was incredible. Right. Um, besides the, the the scent that was all the same. The hookah. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, surprisingly, in this movie, wasn't hookah. It actually, there's a moment where they spray something that smells like a forest. Because they're, okay. they're out in the, they're called the wastelands. It's more just like forest. It's not a city or anything like that. And so they, it smells very like piney in in the in the the auditorium that you're watching in. It's pretty cool. Um, it's also the first movie where um, instead of just like little spritz of water on you, it actually was raining in the theater. Really? Yeah. Like if you chose for you to keep the water on, there was a moment where the scene is raining and like not as much water as in the scene, obviously, but like. You are being like there are dripping drops on you, like you can feel them on like your arm or on your your shoulder, like the like you are standing just in an alcove watching this scene in the world. Like it's really good. They hmm. they did a really good job with um with the because I remember 40X. Ghost in the Shell. It did rain as well. It did, yeah. But you remember Ghost in the Shell when it rained? They just like they like would spit water at you from the seat in front of you, right? No, it actually dripped from the ceiling as oh, well. Did it? it okay, be... I don't remember yeah. that. But like that, that was like such a. It was. I think it was more effective on me because like I, I was aware of it, right? I was aware right. that it's. They could there. have also turned it up, right? Like it could also be more. Um... You could have been wearing like a sweater that day and maybe you weren't wearing a sweater this time. Or, yeah, yeah. I remember I remember when we watched Ghost in the Shell, you did get sprayed from the front when that's more like when they were kicking and water was splashed up, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So they and did then, that uh, too. Yeah, so then it was like rain when she was just out there and it was raining and I felt like the drops on my hands and I was like, whoa, it's, it's like raining in here. That's awesome. So let me ask you a question and this is a very – Important question: When you got sprayed from the mist in the in the seat in front of you, was it that foul, like stale water smell still? Uh, it didn't like it didn't have any perceived scent, to be honest. Um, okay. When I was hit with the water, so I, I couldn't tell you. To me, it, it was not. It didn't smell like anything. Like it didn't smell okay. like stale water or anything. That's like that. what it should not smell like anything. It was in I watched Ghost in the Shell, and it, and th- then again, this was fairly new. So maybe there wasn't that like uh, you know somebody didn't use this uh, this water in the seat ahead of us yeah very yeah. often I, yeah, so the exactly. water was in there for a while 
but it did have that smell. And I was like, oh, man, they just sprayed me with, like, stale water in the face. It's yeah, I just... would say Ghost in the Shell for us was, like, in Canada here, was, like, one of the first 4DX I, I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. Right? So, like, I, I wouldn't doubt that those seats were, like, fucking brand new. My only complaint now that I've done it a couple of times is that the seats aren't that comfortable uh, for long periods of time. Like, you, you, because the padding on the, the, the bottom, like, the seat part is kind of stiff, um your ass starts to hurt after a while <laughs> uh, yeah i guess it's it's stiff because of it, of it moving right I, so i guess so they can't get yeah they can't get too soft or you would lose some of the motion i guess but it was great like i, I left that movie uh really enjoying it and uh you know a couple of days later i turned to sam and i was like you want to go see that again in 4dx <laughs> she's huh. like I I would do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm totally gonna go watch that in, in 4DX. Um, 100%. Amanda hasn't experienced it yet. Oh man, and, uh, this is gonna be great. Yeah, I'm gonna take her. To I 4DX. really maybe, hope maybe she we'll likes make a date movie. of it. Maybe we'll make a date of it if you guys want to watch it again. Yeah, fuck yeah, let's do it. What is it? A four seater setup? Yeah, it is right. Yeah, it's a or four seater. It it's a yeah, four four seater. Oh, that's setup. perfect. Yeah, I'll definitely uh, go watch that. So. How about you? Um, what do you? Anything you've been uh, doing or watching or? Well, before you you leave the theater set here with the four DX. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. I remember you told me about uh, what was it called? X Screen. Screen X. Yeah, I just Screen X, and this I did. Yesterday. It's funny because I've I've heard about Screen X before just because of looking up movies, and uh, you know, just like four DX, it popped up. And there was an and option. The only for Screen X theater screen is X. near you. Is it? Is it? Is uh, the, which one the is it? Queensway. That? Is it the Queensway? Okay, so yeah, I did hear. So now this is like a full surround screen kind of situation, right? I don't remember exactly. Yeah, I never so, actually so experienced it. So basically, the but... screen wraps onto the side walls, and it causes a more immersive experience, that they say. But I, I was, I was only looking. I only figured out about this because I was reading an article because Scene Point Redemption is going to go up soon, like in April. And they were they were listing one of the you know D box VIP all that stuff. They listed ScreenX, and I was like, "What the hell is ScreenX? I've never heard of this before." And so I looked it up, and it's that like fully panoramic screen that like kind of wraps around the room on the the front two sides. I don't know if it goes all the way back, but I don't think it goes all the way back. But yeah, it's like. But man, that that looks like a really cool experience. Yeah. Um, it kind of and reminds I, me of uh, when they started to announce Atmos in theaters, right? Right. They were doing uh, ScreenX and Atmos theaters together. So you'd have like the fully immersive visual and the Atmos sound, which is like above, below, and all around you, right? Sometimes I feel that they're, they're, well, a lot of this technology has come out somewhere prior to Canada First. Yeah. But I think a lot of the reasons we. Uh, you know theaters here and in other parts in the world i'm assuming as well they have to do something new because it's it's almost becoming like obsolete almost you know what i mean to to go to the theater yeah with so much digital downloads people having you know like a 60 plus inch tv as a normal now you know as a norm um i think they really have to to give you a reason to have a different kind of experience and that will be Honestly, and that's, you know, and that's why the... they focus on the premium experiences, right? Right, like like, like 4DX, like VIP, like ScreenX, and that's 
And I'm going to tell you, it's it's been well over a year. I haven't gone to a regular screening of any movie, like a, a, a movie at all. I haven't gone to, you know, your regular seat or even um, uh, there's a v- VP, uh, VIP uh, I go to all the you, time. Uh, you something X. UVX. Yeah, AVX. AVX. Ultra AVX. Ultra AVX. Ultra AVX would probably be like um a little bit higher than normal. You get to pick your own seat. It tilts a little bit back. They're a little bit more comfortable cushioning. Even that I haven't gone to. It's literally been always VIP with uh, you know, either hey, I'm with Air you. Mile renew I can't go to a regular movie. You know, the, the one of the biggest things with VIP is not having anyone under eighteen. Yes. And that is a big deal on a lot of movies. You know what I mean? Like under 18 and you've got these children either just, you know, being children, which they can't help. And hey, that's life. Yeah. Or you've got annoying teenagers who are just being annoying because they're teenagers. You know what I mean? And it's like that ruins the experience sometimes, especially if they're close near you know, either behind you, in front of you, next to you, it is super annoying. Also, in VIP, the ice cream brownie is like legit, so that's the only reason I do it now. No, I'm kidding. Ice cream, <laughs> ice cream brownie. I have never tried, but I did try their. I think it's marshmallow chocolate cookies. Yeah. And yes, it's only like one or or two cookies for like I think it's like eight dollars or five. It's insane, but it's delicious. You know, their food is good. You know, you go to VIP, you, you can buy some food. It's getting yes, smaller, be... though. That's my only complaint. The menu? Oh, the, you mean the portions? The portions. Like, I ordered a burger from them, like, uh, maybe a month or two ago. And this burger was not what I anticipated because it came out pretty tiny. And I was like, um, I don't remember this being this small. Isn't that what always happens and people don't realize over time? This time you've caught it, but people are like, you know, the price of a Snickers bar has really never changed. Well, it's gotten smaller. <laughs> so yeah, you've been paying your the price same, per quantity priority, is yeah. different now. Yeah, yeah, is, definitely. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't because we have seen points, I haven't paid for a physical movie in a very, very, very long time. But yeah, when I do, I'm the same way. When I redeem my scene points, it's literally for those premium experiences because they're just more worth it to me. I'm not going to spend my thousand points on a regular old ass movie unless that movie is something I really want to watch and it's only available in a regular movie theater. You know what I mean? Like right. And AV- that's sometimes... and when I say regular, I don't mean like regular, regular. I mean like AVX. Right. You know? And have you ever noticed that sometimes like a movie comes out, you're like, I can't wait to watch this in VIP. And then it's not even offered in VIP. And you're like, why not? Yeah, that's annoying. You know what I mean? It's like, why also, is this not are, offered in VIP? There are some VIP theaters that don't do reserve seating, which is very weird. Very really? weird. I haven't, I haven't experienced, I've only gone like Queensway is my main VIP. I've been dying to try the Dundas and Young VIP because I was told by you and other people that they fully rec- recline every single. No, that's um, that's Young and Eglinton. Dundas oh, and Young, Young and Eglinton doesn't okay. recline. Young and Eglinton okay, so. has the full recliners, and those are great. If I can watch a movie at, at Young and Dundas, I go and watch a movie at Young and uh, sorry, Young and Eglinton. I go and watch it at Young and Eglinton because they have the fully reclining seats. See, that's awesome, and I'm assuming that's a lot to do with space as well. Yeah, the auditoriums are bigger. The the space between seats is a lot bigger. So uh, let's put it this way. You can fully recline every seat and there's still enough space for someone to bring you your food. 
Wow. Like, yeah, I have to go experience this. I have like, don't get me wrong. I really don't go watch a movie just to, to lie down, but I want to experience it because I can put my feet up because I'm assuming it reclines just like a normal recliner where you can go. Uh, it, it probably doesn't go fully out recline. It doesn't. Like so a, the ones right. at the, the very, very front of the theater that are super close to the screen, they fully recline, they fully <laughs> recline. Like you can like lay down. I watched, right. I watched uh, American Sniper in VIP long, long time ago in those seats because they were the only ones available. And uh, it's not even at full recline; they're not. It's not the best experience to be honest because you're so close to imagine, the screen. Yeah. Um, and the the ones further up, they recline, but it's not anything. It's not a recline that like you need to like crane your neck in a weird way in order yeah. to see the movie. Like it's a recline where you're on enough of an angle that you know how in some movie theaters, the screen is so big that you're kind of tilting your head up anyway. If you're closer right. to the screen, this is a recline that like, you don't need to do that now because your entire upper body is at that proper angle now, you know? So it's, it's actually a more comfortable experience to recline. Yeah, that's definitely my next one is uh, 40x for that for the movie there, and then um, I'm gonna do the the reclining seats. I just I I want to try it out. Like I, like I said, it's like being at home, right? Like for me, it's like you know me. I'm all about like entertainment, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm all about entertaining when guests come over as well, and and like I, I try to have that experience. Like my my TV is a decent size, my couch is a decent size. And, you know, I want people to be comfortable, but I'm not leaving my home to go watch it in in a regular theater where I'm not comfortable when I could just wait a little bit longer and watch it at home. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm totally with you. I'm totally with but you. But yeah, so Screen Screen X probably will be one of our next experiences. Yeah, I got to try it. We you know, to check it. out. We have to try it, try it out for sure. I think the only movie right now in Screen X is Alita Battle Angel. <laughs> Really? Be, yeah, to be honest. I looked it up. There's only one theater that has Screen X in the GTA, I think, and that's the Queensway, and the movie that they're playing is Alito Battle Angel. So And the really cool thing is is from what I remember, it's actually the same price as VIP. Yeah, yeah. So they're all like VIP, D Box, uh Screen X, they're all the same price. I think the only one that's more expensive is uh I think 40x is more expensive. No, I from what I remember, 40x was also like twenty five dollars a person. And I can't remember what it was then. There's one of them that is more that's a more premium experience. Maybe that's that that costs you more scene points to redeem. But uh, but yeah, but yeah. That's moving uh, on. That's been fun. What have you been into? What have you been watching? What have you been uh, listening to? What have you been doing? Watching. I've actually watched the full season of the Umbrella Academy. Yeah, you told me about this the other day. I've uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I uh, I've seen a couple of articles on the on the show. It's a must watch. Like, it's a like, must like, watch. Like a must must watch, or like a must it's a watch. must. It's a must must watch. There is this this character. Um, now I just have to say his name as as the actor as well. Uh, number you can't five remember is that. No, number five is his name in the show. Okay. Aiden uh I'm going to butcher his name Gallagher. Aiden Gallagher is his is the uh the actual actor's name. This man is an amazing actor. Okay? I'm just saying that this I don't even know how old this this gentleman here is. He plays like I think like he plays a teen in the movie. He's 15. Um, 
He's 15. Okay, so he plays, you know, someone around his age. He is an amazing actor. Let me just say that straight up. He plays his role like fantastic. Like, I think there's times in the show where I'm just like, I I turn to Amanda and I'm like, this man literally has me convinced on his role. Like, he's doing such a good job. He, like, makes the show for me. And, And let me explain to you. So, basically... He can travel within time. He can teleport kind of thing, right? Oh, sick. That's his ability. And he travels um, in the in the beginning of the show. He's he's basically missing. I'm not ruining anything because people know by reading by reading uh, a lot of the reviews out there. You know, he's he's not gone forever. He ends up coming back. But you find out he was stuck like in time. And he's actually like 50 some odd years old. But when he traveled back this time, he got his original body. But his persona, his attitude is still that adult. And it's not like you ever look at this character and you're like, well, this is a, you know, a kid trying to act like he's older. You're like, this is an older guy stuck in this kid's body. 100%. Oh, so he does a really compelling job. Of he making does a really compelling job. Person. 100%. Like this man deserves a round of applause. He did a great job. He's just like his attitude, his personality, everything. So it's, it's an amazing show. If you haven't watched it, if you haven't heard of it, which I'm pretty sure a lot of people have heard of it, it's it's pretty big news. It's it's uh, basically like a superhero series. So it starts off with all these kids that were born at the same time on the same day. This wealthy man goes out and tries to uh, basically purchase from the parents, adopt whatever you want to say. He's he's just he's trying to buy them as many as he can to make the superhero group. So you find out there's he adopts seven of them, but you actually only meet five of them. And then you find out, uh, you know, they, they never talk about number seven. And uh, one of them has, um, you find out right in the beginning, he's passed away. So number six yeah. passed away. Number seven is, is number- the villain. Number seven is I don't I don't I don't remember. I mean I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Oh, okay. But yeah, <laughs> so but yeah, he is the villain. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> They've got all their so there's there's two there's two uh girls and then the rest are boys. And they've all got like their different abilities. So like uh one one character is, is super strong, one character is like really good with knives, one character can basically whisper like uh you know, I've heard I've heard there's a rumor and then whatever she tells you after that you will do. So I heard there's a rumor you want to jump off this building and you will jump off the building. Jeez. So she has the ability that like mind control basically, right? Wow. One of the one of the other abilities is is a uh, um someone who could see dead people. He can see anybody who's dead. Okay. Uh, he can he can talk to them, he can communicate with them. And that sounds that like kind a terrible mess- superpower. It does. It does 100% and I think that's what they want you to think, but he hasn't he hasn't unlocked all his power yet kind of thing. And so this character um his name is Klaus, and he's super addicted to drugs, as you could figure out why. Because he keeps Basically, seeing dead people. Yeah, he I keeps fucking, seeing dead people. His I would his, suppress his, my thoughts too. <laughs> right. His and when he's high, he can't see them really. You know what I mean? He can, ah. his ability doesn't go through, so he can't see them. Okay. And then uh, you've got number five, who can basically teleport and time travel. And yeah. then you've got the number six, who you find out has passed away, and his ability is basically. He becomes like a creature, like an octopus creature, and he could just kill people like crazy. So do they and actually have real names or are they just being named by like numbers? They're being named by their adopted father. So they, they have their own names. Like I told you that uh, that character was Klaus. 
they have a sister who's just ordinary. Her name is Vanya. They have Luther, who is the 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 um, the super strength uh, ability. They have um, Allison, who could who could whisper something, who could tell you she's heard a rumor, make you do whatever she wants to do. There's Diego, the gentleman who can throw all the knives and everything. There's Clouds, like I told you. Number five is literally just called number five. That is literally his number, number five. And he's, I've got to say, one of the most important characters. In this, this is tra- in this. time travel dude, right? Yeah, this is time travel dude. Okay, number five. So they've all got names except number five. And then um, number six, he has a name too. Uh, I don't see it here in the list. I, I, he's not one of the main actors, I guess. Uh, ben, sorry, Ben. So yeah, Ben is number six. And they've all got... Their powers are all important different ways. They get they get adopted. Yeah. The, the, here's here's the messed up thing. Like these women all got pregnant on the same day at the same time, right? Without having sex. Okay. And instantly, instantly, like in the beginning of the show, it starts with a a, a a woman jumping into the pool, a bunch of blood, and then she's full out nine months pregnant and about to give birth. What the hell? Yeah. So this is it's. I'm telling you right now, it's an amazing show. There's a lot of twists and turns is a lot of trying to figure out this like if you're really into the show like probably like a few episodes in you're like okay i know who the villain is and who you know basically okay so the whole premises is the world's gonna end okay the whole world's gonna save the world i guess and number five has come back to save the world he basically travels into the future Okay, and I'm not ruining anything here because this is kind of just giving you the story. You don't know what they're going to do, how they're going to do it. But they basically, he travels into the future. He's seen the whole world's going to end. His whole family's dead. And he, okay, a little bit of a, uh, what do you call it here? Um, Sidebar? No. Uh, Background? No, no, just a warning. I might ruin something oh, for some spoilers. people. Uh, spoiler alerts right now. He basically goes into a future. He's been gone. You, you kind of hear about the family talking. They don't know where what happened to number five. He's just, he's been dead to them, right? Yeah. They've even, you know, like he's done. He was told not to time travel. He time travels w- with his dad telling him, no, it's too dangerous. He time travels. He ends up coming back. He knows the whole world's going to end. He doesn't really tell his his siblings. To them, they're still stupid young kids. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though they're they're like adults now. Now, to him, he's like the fucking smart one. They're just stupid kids. They don't understand anything. But you find out later that basically he's been working for a corporation that's all about time traveling. He's been an assassin for them. Woo! He goes back into time and kills people to make sure that time continues the way it does. And then he's not the only assassin. There's many of them. And they use briefcases to time travel. That's the best and and uh, way to time travel. He doesn't really need a briefcase because he's got this ability, but the briefcase makes it so he doesn't get st- stuck in certain time, right? Okay. But while he's doing all these missions, he basically uh, tries to figure out the calculations of how he can get back to his family because he wants to stop the the end of the world in his in his section, right? In his like let's say his his um like dimension of sorts. His dimension, right? Yeah. But. They don't allow that. That's like a no-no. The world's got to end. That's how it's supposed to happen. And so you know he's like, I mean? so he's going to defect to actually protect the world. Right. So then when he comes back uh, to to uh, warn them and stop it, and they find out. So he's like deterred from the mission. He made a contract with them for five years to yeah. work for them. And he comes back, and they bas- basically send two assassins after him, which is one of them is played by Mary J. Blige, which is Chacha and Hazel. And they're sent back to kill him. No, any means necessary. His family gets in the way. They're dead too. 
they've got to kill him and stop him from trying to change what's going to happen. But he doesn't know what's going to happen. All he has is this one eyeball, like synthetic eyeball that he found when the whole world was destroyed. And he knows it has something to do with the person who caused it. And he comes back with this eyeball and he's always trying to figure out who it belonged to. It's fucking awesome. I'm just telling you right now. And so it's he gives it awesome to his brother show. who can see dead people. No. No, I'm kidding. No, no. So because this person's not this. dead in this timeline. His this person's not dead in this timeline. So it's freaking awesome. I'm telling you right now, the show's awesome. Uh they leave it at the end one hundred percent open for a season two. I'm really they have to do a season two. They've got um they, she's all they's all they've also got a mother, okay? You find out pretty fast because okay. You're watching the show and the father, he's like really old. So first of all, let me tell you, the whole show starts with like the whole family breaks up. They come back together because the father dies. Okay. They come back together. This is how they reunite. And there's something behind that. One of them thinks he was murdered. Something's going on, blah, 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 this and that. But their mother, you see flashbacks and when they were younger and their mother looks exactly the same. She now as age? she does back. No, she's a robot. What? She's like a she's a robot, and one of their she's a robot and, that uh, the dad made to to make right. Sure and the they know this. Okay. They know this, right? They know. Yeah, she's she's there to take care of the kids. He didn't have a wife. Okay, you find a little bit more backstory about him. I later mean, he on, is a rich is a billionaire, so I wouldn't. He is a rich it. billionaire. Not only that, his his um his servant or his like right hand man is like an ape, a talking ape. This is, is a very interesting world. <laughs> it is a very interesting world. It is a very interesting show. It's awesome. And then like when you find out who the villain is and why they're the villain and all this shit, you're just like, oh, this show is you want to you're going to like binge watch it because that's how intriguing it is. You just start binge watching it. All right. That's been this episode. I'm going to go watch <laughs> uh, this show. You're going to trust me. I'm telling you right now, Marky, you're going to love the show. Sam is going to love the show. Anybody listening to this podcast, if you haven't watched it already, and I'm sorry if I spoiled some stuff, but I still there's still so much in there. I haven't really, trust me, there's so much to enjoy. Go and watch this show if that's your type of show. If you're not really into sci-fi, fantasy, and all that, then, you know, it's not your cup of tea. Then don't bother. But if you are and you're like, whoa, this guy can time travel, and oh my God, he came back and he wants to save the world, and then, you know what, like there's so many loops in this character. You have to tell me after watching this, Marky, this Aiden Gallagher, number five, you're going to tell me straight up, Mario, this guy is an amazing actor. Well, we will save it for next podcast. I will tell you, I will tell you on the next podcast what I thought of the show. I will make sure I watch it for the next podcast. Let's, let's move on or we could, we could talk about this. Yeah. We could go forever, (laughs) yo, just talking about shows and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Let's move on to some tech. There's some, there's been some big tech news in, in like the last few days. Like, there's been some big tech news. Yeah, let's start. What uh, What do you want to talk about first? Samsung. Hell, Samsung. Hell, Samsung just released uh, like four four phones. new phones. Yeah, exactly. Four. Well, one wouldn't. Is one under the category of a phone still? The fold. The fold is a phone. Yeah, it's a phone. It's a phone or is it a, it's a phone tablet? It's, not, phone a, it's not a tablet. It's a phone. So where do you want to start off? We have to start off with the Samsung Fold. Okay, then then start with the Samsung Fold. 
Samsung fold people. If you haven't heard of it, Samsung just so released. Samsung does a conference every year where they announce new hardware. This year, pretty much everyone, uh, the hardware that for the most part leaked. So Correct. everyone went into this going, well, I guess they're going to tell us everything we already know. And they announced a couple of products that nobody was expecting. And one of those products was the Samsung Fold. And that is, Mario. That is uh, a phone that literally folds in half. And when it folds in half, people, it basically has a 4.6-inch HD screen um, in in the front side of the phone. Okay, so it's it's basically like a really, it looks like a thin phone to hold in your hand. It looks a little awkward. But basically, anything you use on this phone, on the front, if you unfold the phone, it becomes a 7.3-inch screen, okay? And anything you're using on that front screen, like one of their examples were like maps, you literally unfold it and it becomes like the full map in front of you on a 7.3-inch screen, which is like a tablet, basically. Yeah, it's... And the really cool thing is they're... They're taking like uh, multitasking to the next step where now you can multitask with three applications at the same time. Yeah, I saw that. So one takes up the full left side and then the other two take up a, the top and bottom of the far right side, which is pretty cool. Right. But so you're having. Go ahead. So go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go, who, okay. So you're getting like, you know, the possibility of watching like a YouTube video, searching something on the web and having a text message conversation with someone all at the same time, which some people multitask that way, right? Um, yeah. Another I, I thing about this. It. There's not really that same type of multitasking on iOS, so I don't know how people use the multitasking on, on uh, Android, you know. On Android, I think the really good use of it sometimes is like, uh, have you ever had that where you're switching back and forth to a page to compare something or to like copy and paste or to... Uh, just like I've had it a few times yeah. where I've been like, yeah, I've, I you know, I want to look at this and, and I'm kind of like typing it into here or I'm kind of like comparing these two. Well, with multitasking, you'd be able to do that really easily, right? Yeah, I know. I, um, I do it on the iPad, but like on the iPhone, like you you can't do that, right? Like that's the thing. Yeah, I guess you can do it on the iPhone. I'm the iPad. I mean, right. They do have multitasking on there. They do. Yeah, you can you can split the screen in two and have two apps running simultaneously on on each side. Yeah. So basically, you know, multitasking is 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 a big thing when you have a 7.3 inch screen. Now, another thing I want to say about this phone is six cameras. Is that three on the six. front, three on the back or it's it's two on the front, four on the back, uh, three in the back and then one on the cover, one on the cover. Yeah, so it's like a selfie camera for the phone, I guess, in the front. Oh. Okay. And then there's like two when you open it on the tablet, and then there's like three on the actual back. So there's six cameras. Jeez. There's a 10, 10 megapixel selfie camera in the front and the cover, right? And then, then there's a dual selfie camera, I guess, when you have a tablet, and that's a 10 megapixel and an 8 mega, megapixel RGB. Yep. depth camera and then on the rear you've got three cameras you've got a 12 megapixel telephoto camera a 12 megapixel wide angle camera and a 16 megapixel ultra wide 
camera, which I've seen some of these photos, and the ultra wide is actually pretty cool. There, it does catch a lot. Even even with the selfie camera, like on the and the S10, they've got that that wider um, the wider angle. lens angle. The wider, yeah. yeah. So they can catch like two people in the selfie kind of thing. Not really like selling points for me. Yeah, but I did see uh, a few people using the camera and picking from the three camera angles i guess okay. on on software yeah and it, and it was pretty cool and and you know just like many of the cameras out there they look great we've also got 12 megabytes of ram people it's a tablet 12 i guess you need it if you're gonna RAM. 12 gigabytes of ram yeah. lp ddr4 ram i'm assuming you need this ram if you're trying to multitask three items also switching from front screen to back there's a lot this phone has to do um and if software is not optimized to the max then you do need 12 gigs of RAM. it's also let's be real it's also a two thousand like a nineteen hundred dollar phone that's american tax. i'm assuming and that's like that the, is the, american and that's 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 expensive that is yeah well is it <laughs> like you can well is it you can buy <laughs> i mean you could buy a full-on tablet for cheaper than that you could buy a phone and a tablet for cheaper than yeah. that, 100%. But you can't you carry them around in your phone, pocket. You could probably buy a phone, a tablet, and a laptop for cheaper than that. <laughs> <laughs> you could, actually. There are, some pretty <laughs> decent, uh, there are some pretty decent laptops for, like, let's say, $399. You could get a, tab- a tablet for, like, two $200, and you could definitely buy a phone for the rest of that money. So you could definitely get all three of those. Remember... Um, we know this already. This is the beginning of the technology. It's going to be super expensive. Like their whole hinge system seemed complicated as hell. Yeah, you know what it I mean? looks really cool when they like did that tearaway right. situation, so you can right. See the like inside. it looks so like this technology. First of all, this is all in house from from what they're saying. So they've had to develop it. It's cost a lot of money. When this becomes like, you know, let's say the norm, if it ever does become the norm, it will become a lot cheaper. Uh, or it'll become a lot more expensive because like phones are the norm and they start at like a thousand dollars now. Like we're talking about the Samsung here, the S10. So they've released another three phones. So I'll just I'll just finish up quick on the fold here. Uh, so 512 gigs of RAM, I think, is what comes internally. Um, some of their internal storage now sorry goes up to one RAM, storage storage sorry internal storage some of their inter- internal storage on the 10 on the s10 starts now at one terabyte yeah i've heard that uh that's the the highest i thought that was the highest storage option i think it is for them at one ter- that doesn't start at one terabyte what i mean is sorry not starts at one terabyte goes up to one terabyte so if you were to add another f- SD card, which they have expandable storage, you could have 1.5 terabytes in your phone. That's, that's I insane. feel like that's overkill <laughs> at this point. Like, why? Like, it you is and overkill, I both but... have like 256 or something, and like, I don't even know if I use even half of that. No, I, I'm telling you the honest truth. If I were to keep my phone nice and tidy, 64 gigs is enough for me. Yeah, like I think a the biggest terabyte. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Unless that thing is a computer and you're saving files and distributing. I doing guess artwork a lot of and like a lot of people say 4K video. Yeah, I get it, but like after a couple of videos, like you're probably gonna export them to something else. Like, like you would hope so. Well, I mean, you can't. You're not gonna edit those videos on your phone. There's not really great edit video editing software for phones. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's for those hoarders who never use like cloud storage, and they just keep. And then their phone breaks one day, and then they cry because they've never 
packed up never anything. packed up anything to anywhere yeah i mean that could be for that too to be honest i don't know that's i just feel like that's overkill i think that's like super high you know maybe eventually it'll be the norm because we can do more with these devices but like i think in the meantime it's just it's like highly unnecessary now let me ask you a question about the fold before we move on that i don't remember right now fingerprint scanner was that like one a, a side fingerprint scanner i think it was yes it was right so on like the side of the bezel one of those captive fingerprint scanners i think so yes just like they do on the samsung galaxy uh s10e yeah i wouldn't doubt it to be honest they're doing like the the sony thing right so talking about the samsung galaxy 10 or sorry s10e they have come up with three phones now they have the samsung galaxy s10 or let's actually start from their lowest model which would be the s10e which stands Uh, for essential does it i i wouldn't so i wouldn't compare it exactly so a lot of people are comparing it to the xr i think the xr has a lot more um Oh, what do you call it? A sacrifices than the than the ten E does. Like the ten E still comes with like a pretty big screen. So, so does the XR, but it does come full HD plus. Okay. Um, I think processor everything is the same. So yeah, I guess you could kind of call it like the XR version. It's their competition for the XR. I mean, yeah, I that, mean, let's be real. The only sacrifice on the ten R is. Is the camera 3D touch screen? Well, not even 3D touch because they're probably going to abolish that anyway. They're probably going to fully remove 3D touch in the future. I wouldn't doubt it, to be honest. It's not a technology that took off very, you know, highly, right? And so they'll probably either swap it out for something else, like they did with, uh, with the 10R, or get rid of it entirely. So I think the biggest compromises are the camera and the screen. Otherwise, the entire internals of that phone are pretty much the same as a 10 yeah. and a 10s Max, right? So you don't get a second camera, and your screen is not an OLED; it's an LCD. Yeah, so still a great phone for anybody who's on a budget. Not a cheap phone. There's no such thing as a cheap phone anymore, unless you're buying. But you know, Apple is like seeing a lower the ramifications of that, and, and we'll see if Samsung does too. But so far, the the consensus is that these newer devices don't change enough for consumers to want to purchase them. And that is what's happening right now. And that's why sales aren't what they expect them to be. Because if they aren't changing them enough, but yet the price is going up, people eventually are like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Why would I buy an S10 if my S9 is perfectly fine? So it doesn't have a new 16 gig of, you know, a megapixel camera that's ultra wide, whatever. I don't care. You know, Um, Yeah, like the changes have to, they have to, um, what's the word I'm working on? They have to be a significant jump from from what people... They have to justify the, yeah, yeah, they have to justify the purchase. They have to justify the means, right? Like, um, but getting back to the lineup, so there's the 10E, uh, so the S10E, the S10, and the S10, what are you... Yeah, I'll go, I'll go through a little quick, a little quick comparison between them if you want. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Because I, there's like one feature out of everything that i really want to what get do they into call the bigger one the s10 plus okay all right go so we've got the s10e s10 and s10 plus 
A few extra colors available on the 10 plus, which is the ceramic white and the ceramic black, which are not available on the other two. The S10e starts off at a 5.8 inch. And just screen. for those who want to know, sorry to cut you off. The ceramic white and ceramic black is not just the color. The actual back material of the phone is ceramic versus glass. Yes. And this still works with wireless charging. That's what I've heard. Cool. So 5.8 inch for the E, 6.1 inch for the just the regular 10, and then 6.4 inch for the Plus. Now, one difference on the 10 screen-wise is it's a flat screen, and then the other two, the S10 and the 10 Plus, they are edge screens. Okay. Um, here's one of the big things, and I'm going to leave that for last, actually. So, selfie cameras on the S10e and the S10 are both... A single camera and then if you go to the s10 plus you've got that double cutout and i'm pretty sure you've seen this it's like that double punch hole together yep and that is a double selfie camera which includes an rgb depth camera um that is your front camera okay on the rear camera the s10e has only two a wide angle and an ultra wide whereas in the other two the s10 and the s10 plus have those two cameras plus a telephoto camera so they have three cameras on the back. Battery size, very comparable. 3100 for your E, 3400 for your 10, and 4100 for your S10+. Plus. Now, the biggest difference here, in my opinion, and the cool technology, uh, which which is the fingerprint scanner. Which is under the, the screen. screen it's actually right. a different so the, tech too, right? It's yes, ultrasonic. Yes, it's ultrasonic. Yeah, it's, uh, this is what I want to get into. So let me just first say that the S10e, comes with a captive just like on the fold where it's on the side it's still really quick but it is not the under the screen so that is the difference between that and that model the e model and the other two is they both come with ultrasonic fingerprint sensors on the screen they they call them but it's under the screen i'm assuming yeah so what's cool about it is you don't need that bright light because it's not a captive um fingerprint scanner so you don't need light shining so that it sees it uses ultrasonic waves to to see your fingerprint yeah, which to, to define you the know, contours in your finger which would be like a bat using ultrasonic to see a wall yeah you know what i mean so it's the same kind of essentially for know, those of you who don't know fingerprints traditional fingerprint scanners work like this they basically take a physical picture of your fingerprint Reference that with the original fingerprint picture that you took with them when you set up the phone. If they match up to 80% or 90%, whatever the threshold is, they will unlock the phone. The way this works is when you put your finger down on the screen, it sends an ultrasonic wave at your finger. It will bounce off your finger and go back to the sensor in which it will see the contours of your finger. Supposedly, the reason they did this method is that it not only is it faster, but like my co-host was saying, you don't need to illuminate the fingerprint in order to take a picture of it. It is basically, in my opinion, the next gen of the underscreen fingerprint sensor. Yeah, but uh, this is the thing that uh, Qualcomm had been working on for a very long time. When me and you used to have conversations about the next generation fingerprint scanner or the under the it display. was always this right it was it was, it was either this. like uh, ultrasonic or some sort of other tech that that somebody some big company had been working on to see if they could get it to work and i guess samsung i wouldn't doubt if the component in the samsung phones is a qualcomm 
component to be honest um but yeah this is this is super dope yeah and i think that's it's it's one of those it's one of those new technologies where like they i think they purposely did not want to go with anything like face unlock they did not want to do the notch okay i think they've been talking so much smack about the notch yeah that if they were to do the notch it would be a failure it would 100 percent be a failure if you were to just do the notch when you literally dedicated um you know um commercials to making fun of the notch um so i think they they did it like people like the underscreen finger they still have I don't know if they still have like the retina scanning and stuff. They don't, right? No, that's all gone. I don't know. I'm I don't assuming know. I think your regular these face ones run on that new One UI, right? Like I don't, I don't know what's they do the, and the One UI. I've heard actually like a lot of good things about it. I've heard they cleaned it up, um, you know, a lot and and it runs smoothly. And what one of the big things with One UI because the phones are getting so much bigger is they've dropped everything down to the bottom. So whenever you go into menus, like all your options are at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, closer to your, your back, thumbs, right? Right, closer to your thumb so you can reach them. Um, I think these phones, I didn't really go into specs because everybody knows they come out with the latest Snapdragon, um, you know, or the, the um, oh, what's, what's Samsung's chipset? Because I know certain parts of the world, they use the their the chipset. The Exynos. So depending on where you are in the world, you get the Exynos. Here in Canada, we usually get the Snapdragon. I think the States also gets the Snapdragon or they get the... There's something about the um, S10e that reminds me of like the iPhone 10. The iPhone 10? Yeah, I think it's the bezels, like the the corner radius of the actual phone in comparison to the other two models. Like it's more rounded on the edges, if that makes more sense, if that makes sense. So for me, like in some of these promo shots, it kind of looks like it kind of looks like an iPhone 10 uh, with a bit of a bezel at the bottom because these guys do have like a little bit of a bezel at the bottom. They do have a bit of a bezel on the bottom. They've actually just uh, just to say this, because this is actually a big a big point is they've done what Apple's done. And I'm pretty sure Apple might have not been the first one to do it, but they're using the ear speaker as a stereo speaker now. So they got a down facing and the ear speaker. Dope. Just like Apple does. Yeah, so now they have stereo speakers. Yeah, like this is, they should have had this. But this is a big point, you know what I mean? Like for some people, we've talked about this in the past, the stereo speaker experience is awesome. And it's something I never really talked about with the, with the 6T in our last, uh, you know, podcast. And I just I just want to say that the 6T speaker was a down firing, but a good quality speaker. So let me just get that out of the way. I didn't talk about it in the last podcast and I thought about it later. I was like, I didn't say anything about the speaker. It was easily covered, but when it wasn't covered, it was loud enough to enjoy whatever you were watching. Yeah. So just let that out there. But uh, yeah, so they've got these stereo speakers now. Which is which is pretty awesome. They've got the wireless charging like they've always had, and now they do the reverse wireless charging, which is a gimmick. But I mean, to me, it's a gimmick. It might not be a gimmick to anyone else, but if I have a phone, I'm definitely not using my phone to charge your phone. Let me just tell I you mean, right now. Uh, who's doing but that? But Apple's doing that. With who? The new iPads, but listen. But no, with but a listen, cable. They've actually. With a cable, okay, so from the lightning to lightning kind of situation? Yeah, from USB-C to lightning. Like, you can charge your phone with your iPad. So they've always, they've had this option on Android for a while already. Like, where you could use a cable to charge another phone. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so they've had this option. 
the one thing I will say where they've they've kind of like given you a reason to use it and they and they promote this a lot is well, you know, if you're out with your wireless charging watch, especially they've just released a new uh Samsung Galaxy Active watch or watch active, you can charge it. So running low on juice on your watch, no problem. You can wirelessly charge it on your phone. That's pretty dope. Give it a little bit more juice. So that's how they're that's their selling point for it. So it makes sense in that way. Maybe you won't be using it to charge someone else's phone. That makes sense. But you'll be using it if you're out and you're like, I forgot to charge my watch last night because they do have a lot of sleeping features yeah. built into the active. And they're like, well, don't worry. You can get a charge off your phone, which has a big 4,100 milliamp battery anyways. That's pretty dope. That's pretty dope, to be honest. Yeah. So talking about the Samsung Galaxy Watch Active, it's a new budget watch that they've come out with for those people who want to get a little bit more active. It's um it, okay, so have you seen this watch? Uh I think I saw a picture of it. It kind of just reminds me of the previous watch that they had put out, so So if you go on the website, uh if you would uh be so kind to go check out their website, tell me that UI especially like So I seen it in images that it made it look like a Apple Watch UI. Yes. It looks very much like an Apple Watch UI, which is like super cool because I like the Apple Watch UI. But there's like this one screen where they have like the guy running and the heartbeat. And And I'm like, yo, is that not an Apple Watch just in the circle? Or like they have these kind of like weird wave things. And I'm like, isn't that just the Apple Watch? Yeah, The Verge did an article recently like comparing the two devices and the images that they use to to show you the two devices is like literally like the samsung watch with what you just said like the heartbeat the dude and like the time and then the apple watch that has like kind of a bunch of different complications on the front um so yeah they kind of look very similar but yeah it it just it took me when i saw it first i was like i didn't read what it was and i was like yo apple's coming out with a round watch (laughs) <laughs> and then, like, I looked into it, and I was like, oh, man, this is the Samsung Galaxy Active. It's it's a more affordable watch. It's their first watch, from what I understand, yep. since the Gears that doesn't have the bezel to go through the UI. Oh, really? It's all, it's all touch. touch. Yeah, that's it's it's a for, it's more affordable, right? I guess what but they want to do is that they also want to give you, like, an edge-to-edge screen, you know? And that's what I was going to say. It looks really nice, actually. It does. It does look nice. Yeah, it's it, kind it, of, it is. In an, my opinion, one of the nicest like smartwatches that I've seen. It is. And I think that's because it does slightly look like a round Apple Watch. Yeah, it does. Um, I just have to say that, especially with the UI, it's very clean. You know, it's not very that it's, it doesn't have that rugged look at all, which usually I love. But this is a very clean, any style kind of watch. Like you could use this to go out. You could use this to go, you know, in something a little bit more fancy. It, it'll fit any scenario. Um, it's it's a it's a good looking watch. Now, how does it run? I don't know. It's on Tizen four, okay, or yeah. or Tizen, whatever they want to call it. It's on Tizen four. I think it has four gigs of RAM and like, um, what is that? Seven hundred and fifty megabytes of memory, something like that. Okay, they yeah, they yeah. call it they call it point seventy five gigs. So I'm assuming that's seven hundred and fifty megabytes of of RAM. Yeah, I would say something close to that. Um, yeah. So I've never used Tizen long enough to give anyone a review on it. I have to say the one thing everyone still complains about when it comes to uh, Samsung right now is that they still have that Bixie button. <laughs> but you can uh, change people, it. Now. 
Can you change it? Yeah, I, I don't so know if this, I, yeah, this, you can change it. Okay. Uh, this is a, a big thing that I heard that now in the settings you can make it have a secondary. So you can change it either double clicking summons Bixby or single clicking summons Bixby. But then the opposite interaction you can make you can assign to something else. So I saw someone make it single click to trigger Google and double click to to trigger Bixby. And so I was about to say that. I would say the best uh you know other option would be to trigger Google because that would be awesome. And so yeah, so basically now you can make it so that if you never double click that side, you can you'll always just summon Google. Oh, okay. So that's that's definitely a step in the right direction, I think. Uh, Tizen is just one of those uh, one of those OSs on a watch where I'd have to try it to give a real honest opinion. But what from one from what people say, because of you know Bixby, it's it's almost useless besides activity tracking. You know, but any of the smart features that you would use um, with uh, Google, yeah, you, you wouldn't get. You don't on. have the same type of assistance that you would get, right? And that's. Another thing is I've heard some people say that the UI is awesome, but and in the past I think this is very true. It's Samsung on their on their phones. I'm not talking about the watch right now. On their phones has always been very cartoonish. If that makes any sense, yeah, that, that makes sense. There's, so there, some people still say that about the uh, uh, one UI. It's it's very cartoonish. Some some icons. Oh, I think this is Marcus Brown. Right, Marcus Brown. Yeah, Marcus. I Brownlee, think you say yeah. Marcus Brownlee. Sorry, I always mess up that guy's name. I swear, one it's of my favorite Marquez, YouTubers, man. It's Marcus. Marcus Brownlee. I think he said they're still a little bit bigger than they have to be, and they're a little cartoonish. But the One UI has come a long way, and it's and it's a step in the right direction for sure for Samsung, because they do make some great hardware. This phone looks amazing, in my opinion. It's it's a great looking phone. It's got a lot of great features, and uh, let's hope they join or have joined the um treble yeah program. yeah we'll see i guess we'll see i would i think that's like their next huge step is hey we have to update our software fast enough because we can't make it a selling point on our new devices that they come with the latest software even though our uh, hardware is just a year old and we're not updating it so we'll see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, So is that everything for Samsung? I think there might have been some other things. I think that's what Oh, yeah, their people... smart speaker is coming out in April as well. A smart spe- speaker with Bixie? Yeah, the, the barbecue. Let's just move on. Let's the barbecue, just move on. you know. Yeah, yeah, it has Bixie. It's not a smart speaker. I call <laughs> okay, that a slightly, uh, right. slightly intelligent speaker. Their speaker then. Their home speaker, yeah. not their smart speaker. Why don't they just call it a soundbar? Don't they make soundbars? <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, a couple last things that I think uh, I want to cover is uh, you bought an August lock. Yes, I've I've had this August lock. The August smart lock, I've had it now for it's got to be well over a month. Okay, and... In comparison so I, to your previous lock, give us the lowdown. Oh, my God. It's like having Bixby and now having, like, an actual, you know, assistant. And that's <laughs> – my other lock was Bixby, and this lock is, you know, Google. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> – it's it's, uh, it's come a long way. I bought the dual package, so it came with the Wi-Fi adapter. Okay, yeah. So I do – so it's – there. you can just get the lock itself. You lose any feature that's not part of Bluetooth – which, 
you know, unlocking it remotely from anywhere, you'd need this uh, Wi-Fi adapter. I did buy the combo package. Yeah. And I have to say, love it. Love it. So I've have it, I have it programmed to basically uh, lock once I leave. I, I don't remember how many seconds I, I put auto lock for. And when I get back home, once I leave, I think it's like 200 meters away uh, GPS-wise from the lock. It will uh, automatically put me in away mode. And away mode is basically when you get back and close enough to the door, yep. whether it connects through Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or 3G, okay. LTE, whatever data, sorry, it will unlock so there's there's sometimes it works really well, sometimes it doesn't, but it's not the lock's fault, it's my phone's fault. And and I'll explain that. Okay. So sometimes I'm getting home and depending on which elevator I leave, uh I've now lost LTE and connected to 3G. Yeah. And it is like at one bar and basically it can't give the signal fast enough to the door that I'm there. But sometimes I'm in a certain elevator. They're literally next to each other, but one elevator will drop me down to 3G, one bar, one will stay on LTE. If I come on that elevator with LTE, I'll literally leave the elevator, start walking towards my door and I'll hear it already. Like it'll bing on my watch. Hey, your door's unlocked and I'll hear my door unlocking and it's like awesome. It's like, you know I'm home, baby. Sick. You better unlock that door. That's dope. So it's it's a great convenience. And like today, when the um, person was here to repair the furniture, I, you know, my wife's like, oh, they buzzed me from downstairs because she's at work. And she's like, I don't know when they'll get up there. And I was like, oh, he'll knock. And I came to the kitchen. I waited for him. And the guy wasn't coming up, man. I was like, God damn, I'm just going to go back to the bedroom. And finally, I heard the knocking. I just pulled out my phone and I unlocked the door. And I was like, come in. You know, I just yelled it, come in. And he came in and he's like, what the hell? Where is this guy? That was dope. You know, he heard the. <laughs> yeah. So the so here's something you have to get used to when you buy the August lock. There are two versions of it. There's like the uh, simple. There's the August lock. And and now this is called the August lock pro, which was the original August lock design. And now there's a the budget round. version too, right? Yeah. There's a budget version. They call that the August lock and they call now the round version, the August lock pro. Okay. So with the pro, which is the one I have, I've had like my brother over. He's like, how the hell do I get out of this house? It just looks like a big circle. You know, you don't think of like yeah, a doorknob to turn it. Yeah. You just twist it. So same thing with, you know, the, the gentleman who's here today, he's like, uh, how do I get out of the door? <laughs> and I'm like, just pulled up. I just looked at my watch and I'm like, hey, trigger word, unlock the door. And boom, it unlocks the door. The the one thing I have to say sometimes doesn't work, and I'm pretty sure this is on Siri's end. Okay. Um, is I'll tell Siri to unlock it and it'll be like, sorry, I, you know, I can't communicate. And it'll still unlock. But Siri will tell me it it wasn't able to unlock it. Yeah, it's probably. So I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, it's a glitch or something. I have to figure out. I know Apple I has also... been. So Apple's been purchasing a lot of home hardware companies, and the rumor is that they're going to get into like locks and security cameras and all that stuff as an Apple product. So, so I'll give you my quick little review on this. Um, super easy to install. So here's a really funny thing. My previous lock was. I wouldn't call it a smart lock. It didn't have any Bluetooth or anything. It was just a keypad lock. Okay, yep. The exterior of the lock was a keypad. You'd put in a code. Um, You could give codes to people that only lasted, you know, one-time shot. It's very difficult to use, though, the keypad system. There's, like, a lot of ways to go into the menu. It's annoying. So that's one down part about it. It was only $50, so that's an up part about it. Um, Here's the really cool thing. 
one side, like I said, the outside of the keypad is like a deadbolt style, and above it is a keypad. And uh, the interior of it is where the batteries are, and it's just a normal handle. So I removed the interior part yeah. of it, and I told my wife, now we have to give the landlord a new key because the keypad lock on the outside with that key is going to change because I have to put a regular padlock on it now, like a, a regular deadbolt on it now. Nope. It literally fit onto that. No problem. I didn't have to change the key. I didn't have to do anything because the interior was like a normal deadbolt. So you still have the pin lock. pad on the outside? I still have the pin pad on the outside. It doesn't work because it's not connected to anything. Okay. But I didn't have to change the key cylinder. I didn't have to change that deadbolt. So now I didn't have to give the... Because the, I live in the condo, yeah, yeah. so I didn't have to give the, the superintendent because of emergencies, they need a key in case there's a flood or fire or anything, so why right? You just, doesn't he have a key for the original lock that was there? He does, and it still works. That's what I'm saying. I didn't have to change no, it. No, not, not the new one that you replaced originally, but the one before that one. No, I gave him a new key once I changed it to the padlock I one, see, to see. the keyboard one. So the really cool thing is he could also just call me as long as there's power and internet and I could just let him into the apartment anyways. So I love it those was really two very specific things. As long as there's power yeah. and internet, we're okay. Right, you got to have both of those. Yeah, there's there's no internet. Power doesn't work on its own. There's no the power. The one time he wants I mean, to get power, into your house is because there's, there's an no internet way. and power outage, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming both would probably be there. I mean, like, the, let's the be real. If really the internet, if the power is out, the internet is out. The internet's out, yeah. <laughs> but the internet could be out, and the power could be on. So, so I will say that number two, it was really easy to uh, install. Like I said, it was really easy to set up. It's really easy to add people. So me and my wife both have control over the lock, full control. I gave her of the lock. And the awesome thing is there's a lot of features when it comes uh, – sorry, not features, but a lot of um, – uh, oh, what do you call it? It keeps a record of everything like Amanda entered the house at this time. Mario entered the house at this time. The house was unlocked. The house was locked. Uh, I don't so know now if you can specific... catch your wife cheating on you when she comes back right. to the house at 2.30 in the afternoon I and will... she's not done her shift. I will warn people about one thing. I set up to get notifications the minute it is locked and the minute it is unlocked. That is effing annoying sometimes because, like this morning, I stayed home today. My wife, before she left to work, walked the dog. She unlocked the door, locked the door. I got two messages at the same time. Then she came back in, unlocked the door, locked the door. I got two more notifications. Then she left to work. She unlocked the door. And then the door auto-locked, and I got two notifications. I got six notifications this morning for no goddamn reason. Now, that's my fault. But I'm saying you usually want those notifications on because you're like, hey, if someone came into my house, I'd want a notification for it. Yeah. Another cool thing about it, which I think wasn't an original one, they have now like this little uh, magnet. You can screw it in, and it's like basically um, tells the door if it hasn't fully closed, like a jar. Ah, if the door's in the jar, so you'll get like an alert. You left the door in a jar. You know what I mean? That sensor's there for that reason. I guess originally a lot of people were saying, hey, I'm leaving and the door didn't lock properly. So now it's just part of it. It's normal. It's a really cool thing, too. And basically, it'll, it'll, let, it'll give you an alarm. You know, the door wasn't fully locked and it knows. It's pretty dope. You got to set it up. It's a really set up, easy setup. Yeah, I enjoy the lock. 
I have to be 100% honest. Enjoy the lock. Really like the lock. That's really sick. I like that. That's cool. So it's it's a really cool feature to I got to work with you on setting home. up like the home automation stuff. So that, like when the when the when it unlocks when you get home, it turns the lights on and all you, that stuff. You 100% do, my friend, because I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I recently downloaded that home app that cost a good penny from your shared yeah. Uh, apps and i have no goddamn idea how it works yeah. um it just seems like so confusing that i just looked at it and i was yeah. like no nah, no nah, not today it's really cool though like the things that it can do is like from my understanding like if it is this time and this condition is met this happens you know what i mean so maybe we have to sit down and work that out because that would be awesome but when i looked at the app personally i was like no nah, no nah, not today it's, and then i tried again one other day and i was like as, uh, no. as the home kit app no it's it's a little bit more intense and i my my brain at that moment wasn't at 100% so yeah so that's that's you know i purchased that and i've had it for a while and i've said i was going to give a review on it I personally love it. It's a million times better than the keypad lock that I used to have. Um, it sometimes is weird when I just go walk my dog and I come back in and I have the auto lock feature. So it automatically will lock. It won't stay unlocked. And I don't bring the key because I know I can unlock it with my phone. And sometimes it does sound a little weird that I'm in the hallway going, hey, uh, you know, trigger word, unlock my door. And, they're, uh, you know, people are probably like, who the fuck's this guy talking to? You got, you and why is he telling like them the to unlock his door? Center, like uh, the control center home kit thing. That's what I use. I have that. I don't. I didn't even know if I like. I haven't even tried editing and adding that to it. Yes, you can add any item, right? So I should have the unlock door thing yeah, there. You just tap the button. Anyways, yeah, I'll it. figure it out. So what about you? Any new items? Uh, I got a pair of shoes. No, me digas me. I got those Nike Adapt BB shoes. Yes, you sent me a photo. This man here sent me a photo of a box. <laughs> I just want to let everybody know because this is going to... You people must think I'm fucking crazy. Once you hear this, you're going to think I'm crazy. He sent me a picture of this box. I wanted to know what the fuck is in this box. I'm one of those people. I got to know. So I messaged him nicely and I said, what is it? Well, you'll find out later. Oh, fuck this guy, man. I sent it to my wife. Investigate this box. (laughs) My wife gets back to me and says, with the info on the box and this photo, I can get nothing from it. I'm like, fuck, this guy knew what he's doing. (laughs) There is no info on this goddamn box. I can figure out where it came from. Yes, people, I'm crazy. I sent this out to my investigator, <laughs> a.k.a. my wife. My wife did her investigation work on Google. We could not come back with a consensus of what was inside this box. The, with the box with the, the two blue lights on the side? The no, actual the box, box or the, the brown, brown box. box. Yeah, okay, the brown box. The brown box with I zoomed into like the the, the carrier, lo- like the <laughs> label and everything. I couldn't get any info off it. I said to a man that was like, "Yo, check this label out." Try to. She's like, "Yo, I checked it out. Can't figure out where it came from." So and we did our investigation. So, so when I sent you, you what was the in the box and you still couldn't get it, right? I actually yeah, made sure to- that because on the top of the box it says like Nike Adapt Earl BB, right? Uh, right. And I was like, I need to send this in a way where he can't just like zoom in and read that. So I literally changed the angle on which I took that picture so that you couldn't yeah. read what was on the top of the box. Yeah, you sent me like the two blue dots kind of thing. Yeah, and I was the like, cover. The are these cover. like are these like the vision into like virtual reality? 
I'm like, is this a VR headset? So when you said it's a VR headset, I was like, well, you know what? I could see a VR headset come in a box like this. Like, dope. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it looks like futuristic. Like, whoa, now you're looking into another world kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I got the Nike Adapt BBs. So have you used I, them? Okay, I so I set yesterday. them up with my phone. Uh, I haven't really worn them much because i just put them on my feet to set them up with the phone walked around in in my room with them a bit especially because weather's really bad and the weather's yeah the weather's bad right now even though the the all the technology in it is fully waterproof so i don't have to worry about that that's not an issue it doesn't matter they cost like 300 plus dollars you don't want to yeah they are expensive shoes and i don't (laughs) and i don't want to i'm actually going to wait till they are more the weather outside is better to actually wear them right but um, I, I can I can agree with that. It is super cool. So both of the shoes are, um, you know, they're fairly tight already around your foot. Like they're snug. Okay. They have a. So I somebody with a wide foot wouldn't probably be comfortable in these at all. Um, I don't know to be honest. Like I don't have a wide foot. Uh, they're not. You don't. You. They're not tight in that way. Like they're not narrow. Is not what I'm saying. I mean, like the mesh on the top of the shoe actually hugs your foot already, um, and and not in a. And I think tight is not the 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 best word. It's already like snug. Like it's a comfortable slip on shoe already. And okay. And kind of like if you were to put on a shoe that had no shoelace. Exactly. It's exactly like okay. that. Now think of that. Um, the tongue of the actual th- shoe is a kind of a thick material that is under the mesh topper, the up upper. It's uh, the fly knit upper. Um, and so when you actually go to tighten the shoes, what happens is there there is a weave of paracord uh, that is being tightened around that tongue uh, to push okay. evenly down on your shoe and to tighten the shoe around your foot. Um, I will say a couple of things to note. A lot of people online say they're not loud. I don't know if it's just the acoustics in my basement, but tightening and loosening those shoes makes a significant sound. It's so you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to tighten your shoes in a church. No, definitely not. Definitely (laughs) not in a church. Uh, they, what what is the sound? What what uh, would you say? This does it sound like winching a car or something? Uh, oh, so like your phone's vibrating almost. Uh, not even like a vibration. Actually, it, it, it's um, maybe on next podcast I'll bring them and I'll actually record the sound. That, okay, we'll do that. Yeah, um, we'll do that. But but yeah, it's it's like sometimes sometimes when it's like tightening quickly or loosening quickly, it goes from like a a slow speed sound to like a, a ramp up, like. Zzzz. You know, like something. Yeah, like, like it's that? got pressure now. Exactly. Like it's got tension on it. It's got tension. And it's pulling to its, its limits at the end. Exactly. Basically. Exactly. It's pulling to its limits at the end. It comes with an app, so you play it, pair it via Bluetooth to your phone. Uh, the app will allow you to on the fly loosen and tighten your shoes left and right individually. Um, it also okay. allow you to update the shoes. So the the shoes being a piece of technology will need firmware updates to make sure that they are okay. The other thing that you can do with the shoe on the phone is uh, there's two buttons on the side. That's actually what the representation of the lights on the box were. Um, These two buttons on the side are your manual controls on loosening and tightening the shoe if you don't have the app with you. 
Right, the two blue light yeah, things, Yeah, so those right? lights can actually change to a variety of colors. They're RGB. Oh, really? So within the actual app, you can switch them from blue to like light blue to green to orange to a brighter orange to red to pink. There's like, I think, 12 or some odd different colors that you can switch to. There's a purple in there as well. Um, and so the so the you lights, can make these shoes. The lights don't stay on all the time, but when the lights are triggered, they uh, will be whatever color you set them to. Okay. Um, so you can make them match with certain things. Yeah, if you definitely. Like if I'm wearing like a an outfit that has blue accents, I can actually just make the lights okay. blue. If I have red in my outfit and I want the lights to be red, I can match them that way as well. Uh, and I will say another thing. I'm just looking at these again. These are like. Honestly, these are good-looking shoes, the, even without the technology. And surprisingly, though, they're really comfortable. It's a really, really? comfortable okay. shoe. Um, even with all that technology Even in there. with all that technology. I thought, like, maybe because they have to put a motor in there that it'd be stiff in some sort of way. It's actually not. It's, it's more akin to a regular basketball shoe than I was anticipating because basketball shoes can be very rigid in some areas, and that's so right. that they support your foot in the, in a proper way. Um, and yeah, like this shoe is like legit. It's a legit shoe. Um, and it's really cool. Um, so far I, again, I haven't been able to wear them. The other thing to note is they come with a Chi wireless charging pad. Um, right. it's fairly big. It's got to fit both shoes on it. Um, and another thing to note is that if you uh, want to charge two phones in the place of the shoes, you can do that too. <laughs> and another thing to note that my co-host here is not thinking about, if you're out and your shoes are low and you own a Samsung S10, you can charge your shoes. That too, that too. Because how wireless <laughs> charging. The, no, that's that's actually really cool because I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people, um, the last thing they want to do with a shoe, with a, you know, a smart shoe, any shoe with technology, is stick in a USB to charge them you know what i mean yeah. so like definitely the smart move here is to put it on a wireless pad because you get home these are like i've said before you're not going to be using these to go out and play basketball or go out and these are these are a pair of like technology fashion you know what i mean yes these are definitely like those type of shoes that are these this is tech fashion these shoes are in my opinion very good looking shoes i love what they did with the the nike logo within the nike logo and then going into like the little four dots i i yeah, love and the so, design and those of the silver shoe. areas of the bigger nike swoosh is actually a 3m reflective reflective material, so right makes sense right for like running and everything yeah it's it's a really cool shoe my i think the last thing i will note is that um, what was I going to say? Jesus Christ. I already lost it. My bad. Um, I want to be able to give like a more formal review once I get to wear them for longer periods of time. So this is not the last you're hearing from me. Um, but yeah, so far so good. Like I'm totally happy with the purchase of buying the shoe. I bought it resale. So I bought it a bit over the actual retail price because I wasn't able to get them at the store, uh, cause they sold out of my size before, um, before I, I got to the front of the line. So um, so I bought them a bit over retail. I think it was like 100 bucks, 150 bucks over retail. But all in all, my opinion is a real it's a really good shoe. It's really well made. It's really cool. I know as of lately, anybody with an Android phone has been having issues because the Android app is not as far developed as the iPhone app was. And it's causing issues with the shoes. 
but um, I'm sure that Nike will work that out and figure it out and put out updates and update the shoe to to you know to not be weird and wonky. Um, right. So weird and wonky, like it doesn't just start untying your shoes or loosening them no, up. No, no, I don't think so. I think like people were it just up- doesn't respond. Yeah, people maybe. like updated the shoe and then it stopped responding. Um, and so like there's there's like a there's a booklet it comes with that tells you how to turn them on and off. You can actually physically turn them on and off. Uh, you can also hard reset the shoe, uh, which is the, the thing that they tell you to do if uh, things are acting weird. Um, I'm assuming this is just be holding down the button. Yeah, it's like hold down this button for 15 seconds until the light blinks is there like, um, a certain color. Is there like a DFU mode where you can hold the button and pull on one of the strings and pull on the tongue of the shoe and, and hold the button and then wait 10 seconds, let go of that <laughs> not button, that continue I, holding the tongue. <laughs> not that I know of, to be honest. Uh, when I did get the shoe, um, I did have to update the firmware. Uh, and like your Apple Watch, it works the same way. You should probably keep your device closer to your Apple Watch because it has to transfer the firmware from the phone to right. the shoe. Bluetooth probably. Yeah, they are both so does, does this have... Uh, sorry, this is actually a question. I does this have an Apple Watch app? Uh, the Adapt? I don't know. To be honest, that's a good question. I don't know if because to Apple like watch. untie and tie like tighten or loosen your shoes through your watch. That's like the ultimate. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't Especially think so. I I checked. I don't. I don't think it's there. I don't think they've done that. yet. Well, I think that's got to be the next step because like if you make Nike watch versions of the Apple Watch, you got to have an app watch for the freaking Nike BBs. The yeah, Adapt. I mean. I think that would be great. Uh, Nike, yeah. if you're listening, do it. Like that's uh, Yeah, do it. Like, listen, I shouldn't have to be telling you guys this. Update your app on the Android store, on the uh, Google Play store, and, and you know, get this uh, Apple Watch app. Oh, yeah. Don't do the it The last thing I did remember what I was trying to say is the last thing I wanted to make note of is that the shoes actually will keep a reserve of battery so that you can take them off even if they're dying, basically. Hmm. Actually, that's something. Yeah, I didn't even. Think so there's about not that. a yeah, situation sense, right? in which, um, from what I understand, like it will keep a reserve of battery, or if they die, they will just before they are fully depleted, they will just untie to loosen up. Um, yeah. Okay. And to be honest, based on my experience, even if they untie, the shoe is not just going to slip off your foot. You know. Right, and that's because of that whole mesh situation. Exactly. The mesh and the thick and the tongue there, at right? the top is actually just going to keep the shoe on your foot already. You're just using right. the tightness to get a better fit on the shoe. Well, it sounds awesome. I can't wait to hear more about it. Um, I have a cool question for you. Yes. Uh, the price of these Canadian, if you're buying them at market price. They're 450 plus tax. Okay, and the price of Yeezys if you're paying for them market price if you're paying for the 350s those uh you know the ones that i have the ones that look like moon shoes um those are 320 300 320 yeah so if it were me out there or maybe and i'm not a sneaker they might be 350 i'm i'm not a sneaker head but i would pay the extra hundred dollars and get myself the BBs with some technology in it. And in my opinion, they look so much better. I'm not a Yeezy fan. People are going to hate me out there. I'm not. A, then again, I'm not a sneaker head. I'm not a Yeezy fan. Like I wear, you know. K-Swiss. I wear freaking Swiss. K-Swiss, you know, like K-Swiss. Hey, man, don't, don't <laughs> dog K-Swiss. K-Swiss is like legit. 
Yeah, in I the know, sneaker realm, there are definitely heads who love K Swiss and actually I love my K Swiss, K Swiss. So, K Swiss and some of these, you know, smaller brands or not as notable brands, there are people who love that shit and they buy it. So, I mean, I'm not a sneakerhead in the sense that you won't go into my closet and find a bunch of sneakers in pristine condition that I've owned for years. You know, and and some people I do know, like Augusto, my cousin, does have. Sn- you know, Nike shoes that he's had from since he was in high school. Bro, he's and got he the Portuguese Nike shocks, bro. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, he's still Every got Every Portuguese shoes. person he's, needs he a loves pair of his... Nike shocks, bro. <laughs> it's like a, but it's he's like got a staple. The... It's a staple of Portugal. If you don't own Nike shocks, he's got, like. He's got one of those where the, it was one of the first ones where the bubble went all the way through, see-through. Yeah. Like, clear, he's got one of those. And I remember him having those, and I was, like, in love with those when I was younger. And I seen him the other day. He still has those. You know what yeah, I mean? Air Maxes are the best. And I was like, damn. That's, that's it. Yeah, but the Air Shocks, do they even make those yeah, anymore? They do. <laughs> they do. Okay. So I thought maybe they that do, technology but I feel was like just pointless. They're a shoe that goes straight to outlet, I think. Oh, okay. Because really, the technology behind them, was there anything? Um, The Shocks? Well, the, the tech was the Shocks, was that back heel piece that, that looks like springs. I'm saying. I'm saying, was it just a look, or was there anything to the actual technology? Was it doing anything? I think it, I think it had energy return on your heel strides, but I, I don't think it was anything like out of this world. It became more because it became more of a lifestyle shoe than anything. Because I remember, like when the shocks came out, and I could be totally wrong; those were like three hundred dollars shoes. Maybe back in the day, yeah. And back in the day, you know what I mean. I'm talking back in the day when they first come came out. You had to have like three hundred dollars to get a pair of shocks. Yeah, they they were probably expensive. I wouldn't doubt it. I had like I remember my wife even having like fake shocks. You yeah, know what I mean? Bro, Just because like, <laughs> bro, if you're European, shooks. don't she have had a shooks. pair of shocks and then a fucking <laughs> tracksuit. Like, what's wrong with you? You know that. And I remember, and I haven't seen them make this ever again. And I owned a pair of these, were the Reebok, and they had like the air bubble, but it was like a honeycomb. Yeah. I remember owning these in high school and I was in love with these and it was like their version of Nike's air bubble, Nike air. Right. Yeah. And it was like a honeycomb design, but I don't even know if it had any air in it. I think it was just all held up by that honeycomb design. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, a lot of companies are trying their own tech, right? Like Adidas has boost. Nike has react. Like everybody is always trying to one up the competition when it comes to the materials and, and, technology behind the shoe right so i mean my biggest thing like when i started off collecting shoes i was a big adidas guy because uh nmds were top of the game at the time and uh the boost the adidas boost technology is super comfy it's still one of my favorite technologies to this day my only thing that the only reason and this is this is this goes out to my friend shauna who works for adidas uh, the only reason I don't buy Adidas shoes as of lately is a lot of the silhouettes don't just, they don't jive with me. I'm not a big fan of the way they look. Um, and, uh, you know, Nike has kind of always had these classic silhouettes that, I don't know, I just, I like them. I like them. I can get them more often now than I could before because there's a, a resurgence or a focus on these retro looks. And I just think a lot of what, Adidas is doing in the retro look space is like not for me. They're like very European UK trainer looking and I'm just, I'm not, not a big fan. So the only Adidas shoes that I buy lately are Yeezys pretty much. 
I remember being a huge fan of the hard shell Adidas back in the day, which I'm pretty sure they're still yeah, around. Adidas super, and they were like your, yeah, they were like your classic wear with jeans, awesome, you know, anything wear with anything. Yeah, shoes. popularized but by in Run my DMC. opinion, but in my opinion, they were super uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, a, a I lot, didn't think they like, were comfortable like, at all. I mean, for my my foot shape, anyways, they were uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were a very flat shoe. They had like really no arch support. They were a very flat shoe. They had a hard, a hard front end, which made it harsh on people who had white, at least myself, with wide feet and my toes. They made it a little harsher, and they went very like thin in the middle. Uh, so like if you had a wide foot, it would almost like stick out of the shoe, and it would be painful yeah. if that makes any sense. So that's where to me they weren't comfortable. They might have looked awesome. They were definitely the style, but they were not comfortable. I don't. Me. I don't think they're as popular as they used to be. And if they are, and, and you know, I will say they're more popular with women than they are with men these days. To be honest, um, but uh, yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, that's been the Nike BB, my friend. Um, yeah, and uh, can't wait to hear some more feedback on it. You know, like especially after using it for a few hours, are they still comfortable? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's that's always yeah. like a that's always like a concern of mine when I buy a new shoe. Um, of you know, how long can I wear these before my feet start hurting? Surprisingly, I have two new pairs of shoes besides that one. One of them that you got to see in my story. Those are the Nike Air Zoom Two Ks. Those are super comfortable. The ones I said were yeah, fire? the white and black ones. Those are super Those are comfortable. Holy shit, they're so comfy. And then I bought the Air Max 720s. My only issue with the Air Max 720s is, from my understanding, you got to walk a specific way for them to stay comfy. Um, after a while, your arch, the arch of your foot starts to hurt for a bit. Um, so is that, sorry, is that like Nike's version of the... The 720s. You're holding it, you're holding it wrong? Like you're uh, walking no, wrong? No, I, I mean, they don't tell you like you're walking wrong. But I've heard people say like you have to walk in a very specific way. Like you need to, because there you are need people... to heel strike first. Um, okay. And for those who don't know what that means, is like you need on your down stride, you're not going to touch the floor first with your toes. You're going to touch them with your heel. So, so you need to heel strike first because most of the bubble that is surrounding the shoe is in the heel. So you have to heel strike first before you you uh, you move forward. Yeah, because I I've also, from what I understand, people walk on the outer part of the foot or the inner part of their foot, and like most people normally walk on the outer. And if you walk on the inner inner part of your foot, supposedly it's really bad for your knees and all that. Yeah, my my buddy Alan, uh, shout outs to Alan. He used to work for Nike. He's got like all of this knowledge he's he's like the sensei to my grasshopper i go to him for all of my like sneakerhead related questions and all my newbiness uh and then i get to regurgitate it to the people who don't know which is really fun um and he used to work for nike so he knows all those different terminologies and and all the different texts and all that stuff and maybe we should have him on the show one day that would that'd be great yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I know we had the data vac here, but to be honest, like we can talk about it next yeah, episode. Yeah, we can talk about it next episode. I haven't used it enough. We're to going actually, in pretty far. Yeah, to say enough about. I w- it. I will be using it soon, so probably even tomorrow, and I, and I'll give my feedback on that. Yeah, so we'll say that for the next episode. All right then. This has been another episode of Pixel Refresh. If you like the show, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or share it with a friend. 
Feel free to ask us questions on our Facebook at facebook.com slash pixel refresh. I've been one of your co-hosts, Marco Rodriguez, been joined today by Mario Amaral, and we will see you next week. Peace out. And now, this is the part where I tell all the people, if you're still listening to this podcast, I don't know if anybody's realized it there, my co-host literally finds his friends based on his interests. So, if he's into Adidas, he will make sure they get a friend who works at Adidas. So, if he likes Nike at the moment, he'll make sure to get a friend who worked at Nike or works at Nike. So, I'm just letting everyone know right now that he's 100% into this data vac, okay? So, if you work with vacuums, he might just need a friend right now. And he's got a friend in you. No? It seemed like most of your friends are based on your hobbies, bro. No, I think some of them just... <laughs> I, most of them I've... I got this mo- friend, you know, I really used to be into uh, Adidas. No, most of them I've known one before friend. they started working where they were. Or used to work. So, are you one of those like mind Alan, bastards who Alan, just fucks people up? Like, yo, I really like Adidas. You'd really be a good <laughs> friend of mine if you worked at Adidas. I'm just